Welcome to the Working Moms Podcast, featuring inspiring stories and resources for the modern working mom. I'm your host, Pamela Moss, estate planning attorney, mom, and owner of Law Mother. All right, today we have Annette Schmidt. She is a financial life coach. Annette, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, I would love to start. I know today we're going to be talking about creating a millionaire mindset. And we're also going to be talking about intuitive spending. But before we get into that, I kind of wanted to hear about your background and kind of what drew you to become a coach and and how you have gotten to where you are. Yeah. So I grew up in the financial world. And when I say I grew up, I mean, literally at the age of 18, I got a job as a banker. um, And from there, I just progressed throughout the field from banking and loans, interest rates, Um, to getting a feel for investments and helping people plan for their retirement um, and how they're going to withdraw their money and not outlive it, right? And so I have a lot, and that's over a decade that I've been doing that. And then I got pregnant three years ago and I decided to take a step back from corporate America. Um, I was in a management position at the time and I really loved it. I loved the company. However, I did want to stay home with my son since we had the opportunity to, to do so. And so I did that. And then after a couple of years here of staying home with him, I realized that I did want to get back into the finance industry. I really do like, I just, I love the finance industry. Um, I love money and I wanted to though start helping people, not just with the numbers part of money, but also with the mindset piece of it. And I wanted to start teaching them what I call both the art and the science of money, because it's not enough. I've realized over my own personal experience and professional experience for us to understand the numbers. We also need to create a new mindset as we approach those numbers, because a lot of times um, whether we like it or not, or believe it or not, but unfortunately, a lot of our money beliefs and the ways we feel about money are imprinted on us from a young age and as we go throughout life, because it's not a fixed. We can always start to change that, whether it's for the better or for the worse, as we again go throughout life and um, experience different environments, um, different socioeconomic environments as well. So I really wanted now to start coaching to help women start to break the money cycles is what I call them that we get stuck in. And I think our mindset is as important, if not more important, as our spending habits and our income when it comes to financial success. So that is really what I'm on a mission to start doing now. I love that. And I think that, well, it resonates so much with me in my own background. And I think that having that mindset around money is so important. And I'd love to kind of launch into talking about what is a millionaire mindset and why should we have this millionaire mindset? So I think a lot of, I call it a millionaire mindset because it's sexy. I'm not going to lie. It's like clickbaity, right? It gets you to pay attention. And that's what I want you to do is I want you to pay attention to your money and your mindset. And so a millionaire mindset, let's start here. So when it comes to when you're thinking about a millionaire or a million dollars, you need to get very clear. Do you want to create a million dollars? Do you want to become a millionaire or do you want to spend a million dollars? They are two very different things. If you add up how much income you've had over the last years of your life, it's likely you've spent close to a million dollars, right? Purchasing homes, buying cars, all of that. You probably have already spent a million dollars. But what I'm trying to help people do is create a millionaire mindset. And you do not need to be a millionaire to have a millionaire mindset. And the reason I say that is because you see this happen all the time 
in uh, in the news with celebrities, right? You have these celebrities who become millionaires. You have Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett. You have Nicolas Cage, MC Hammer, um, Michael Jackson, nobody come for me. But you have all of these different millionaires. And what you notice is that a handful of them go on and went on to become billionaires. And then a handful of them went on to become bankrupt. And, you know, sometimes they come out of that. But the big key defining factor isn't the money. They both were given opportunity and tons of money. The key defining factor in their success was their mindset and the way they viewed that money. And the way they viewed that money determined how they were going to use it. So creating a millionaire mindset is all about creating the mindset now. So as you, as the money comes in, because it's always coming in, you're getting bonuses, you're getting tax returns, you're getting, you know, your paycheck, money's always flowing in, but you need to start creating your mindset now to be able to use that money to better build wealth and better take advantage of more opportunities that are coming in. And to do that, you need to start getting aware of what money cycles you have and that you're stuck in. Because sometimes I think people can be in denial, unfortunately, and think that they're not stuck in a money cycle because maybe they are making a good income. They're, you know, in that 70,000, 80,000, 100,000. And so they're like, oh no, we're doing okay. But if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're not able to sustain your money, then there is a money cycle that you're stuck in. So I think creating a millionaire mindset is really about just defining how, what your wealthy lifestyle looks like, and then also how to create even more wealth and help sustain yourself financially. So there's a few follow-up questions that you talked about that I want to ask about. So one is this money cycle and how do you kind of uncover if you are in a money cycle or a bad cycle around money? Yeah. So I think the easiest way to uncover if you're in a money cycle is to start to take a look at your spending and take a look at your financial goals. So uh, the reason I say that is because if if your spending isn't aligning with your financial goals, it's not helping you get any closer, then you're probably stuck in some kind of cycle. So there's three cycles that I've defined right now. I may change them later, but right now there's three that I'm defining. Um, And so there's the debt cycle, And that is where you rely on your debt, right? So if you find that you are great with credit cards, like paying them, you're not like late on your bills, but if you carry some kind of debt continuously, or if let's say you rely on your credit cards, you don't have an emergency savings or you don't have enough saved up that if an emergency happened, the first thing you do is you go to your credit card, then that's, you're probably stuck in that debt cycle. You're unfortunately, you're not building enough wealth where you can go without having a credit card in case of an emergency. So that's one example of like the debt cycle that people might be blind, you know, have a blind spot and not realize that they're in it because they're able to easily pay off that credit card in, you know, two to three statement cycles. So they're like, oh no, I'm doing okay, but you're still paying that high interest. So that's, so you want to just be able to not have to rely on that credit card for those emergency situations. Um, Another cycle is, as I was saying, the paycheck to paycheck cycle. So this is, when basically it's hard for you to have your money stretched to the next paycheck. And uh, this is something that I think a lot of people may be in denial and or may not realize that they're aware of it 
because they're able to sustain their lifestyle. But if anything catastrophic happened, would you still be able to sustain that lifestyle or no, because of the fact that all of your spending money is going out and you're going, it's going towards bills. If that's the case and you're not able to build any sort of wealth or again, savings or investments, then you're, you are stuck in that paycheck to paycheck cycle, even though you may be able to cover your bills just fine. That's great. Um, and then the next cycle is the nine to five cycle. So the nine to five cycle is when you have to work because you have now created a lifestyle, um, lifestyle creep is what they call it, or lifestyle inflation. And now you have to go to work in order to pay your bills. So uh, this looks like when you get a raise, you increase how much you're spending. So you get a new car and now you have to go to work because now you have an even bigger bill that you have to pay for. So it just continues to cycle. What not being in a nine to five cycle looks like is having enough in savings that if anything were to happen, you'd be able to support your lifestyle for a period of months to a couple months to a year until you were able to find another business venture, another investment opportunity or another job. So I think as far as getting aware of what cycle you are stuck in or if you're stuck in a money cycle you need to take a very objective look at how are you spending your money so take a look at your last 30 days of statements and then kind of consider okay am i or do any of these three different cycles do they ring a note with me do they you know do they resonate with me in any way so if you kind of do that self-analysis and you're like yeah. oh, i'm in that cycle and i do want to have a millionaire mindset what's the bridge or what's the path that you recommend for people to kind of take that next step to, to have that millionaire mindset? Yeah. So the biggest piece when it comes to creating a millionaire mindset is going to be to start to look at money differently. And in order to start to look at money differently, you need to understand how you look at it now. Mm -hmm. And so there is going to be a bit of what people will call shadow work, right? It's going to be looking at how do you feel about money? Do you not, do you, you know, resent it? Do you not like it? Do you associate it with stress? Because you may have a good job and be living paycheck to paycheck where you're paying all your bills and you're doing great in a great house, but you may still have an underlying resentment towards money, even though you're, and on the surface, you're probably like, no, no, I don't, I love money, right? Like give me all the money, but there is a reason that you're stuck in this cycle. So to bridge the gap between that and creating this millionaire mindset, you really need to figure out what your current relationship with is with money. And then a millionaire mindset is looking at how to view money differently, how to shift your paradigm when it comes to money. So for example, start to look at money as a tool. So for me, I used to have fear of credit cards. So I have not always been financially savvy. I grew up in the finance industry, but I throughout the process had a lot of mindset work to do because for the longest time I wouldn't invest for the longest time I wouldn't use credit cards. I would use payday loans, you know, like, so there's all sorts of different challenges I had, but I started to shift my mindset. And now we use credit cards as a way to leverage our situation. Um, we use debt as a way to purchase investment properties without having to use all our liquid cash. But we are, the biggest thing is you don't be afraid of money. You start to look at money as neutral and you start to use it as a tool to help you build that wealth and help you create that millionaire mindset, which is going to get you to creating the financial reality where you can start making that million dollars, right? Or start creating that million dollars. So kind of just to summarize, you know, the first is becoming aware and then, and, and really getting true to yourself. That's probably the hardest thing of like yeah. really looking at where you're at now. Um, and then you said, 
you know, starting to move into a different paradigm and really having that example of what's possible. And it sounds like you're an example of what's possible there and seeing money as a tool and not, um, and changing your relationship with money. And you may have mentioned this, but is there a level of kind of the why that you should be thinking about as far as why you want to be a millionaire or what the, what the, what the millionaire million is going to do? Should that kind of come into it? Absolutely. So I think that is huge, especially when it comes to uh, what we talk about with like wealth consciousness, right? Especially in um, just in the financial world and the spiritual world, you know, when we talk about consciousness and wealth consciousness. So you really want to be aware of uh, what does your rich life look like? And the reason I say that is because uh, I think we have this disconnect and we think that we need to consistently wait, put off, you know, put off uh, satisf- um, satisfaction, put off happiness, put uh, put everything off, work hard until we get to that number, that goal, whatever that is. So why you need to figure out your why is because it's not only going to help make sure that on a number standpoint, that how you're using your money and uh, is aligning with your goals. So if your why for wanting to create this millionaire mindset is because you want to buy a big house, okay, make sure that, you know, your the way you're using your money is aligning with helping you get to that goal but then also just from I think a mental health standpoint I guess as what we'll say is that it's important to know what your whys are and why you're wanting to get there so you can start living your wealthy life now so yes you want a nicer house right but then go a little bit deeper and start figuring out why do you want that wealthy house is it so you can host dinner parties is it so you can decorate in a certain way and start to figure out, okay, what can you start doing now that's going to help you live that lifestyle? Because I think a lot of people think that the money is going to give them the happiness. The money is going to solve their problem. But if you start changing your perspective on your on that overall, you're going to start to realize that you can start being happy and living that wealthy lifestyle now as you're working to reaching your goals. You don't have to put that off until you reach that million dollars. So I think it's very important to help motivate you number wise, but it's also very important just for your overall satisfaction in life and happiness. Yeah. And I love you kind of framing it that way, because I think that there is kind of this perception or this push in our society to like get external things, external, external, external. And that this idea that if we just had more, if the circumstance just changed, if we just had this, our life would be better, but really it's, it's something deeper. And there's things that we can be doing now to enjoy our life. That's so, so helpful to hear. And what do you kind of have a take on kind of women and wealth? Have you noticed, um, kind of this mindset around money, and how women approach money, um, or have you kind of delved into that with your with your coaching? So I can tell you from my experience in the finance world that when it comes to wealth, for a long period of time, it definitely Wall Street has been a boys' club, absolutely. Um, and I think that's because uh, for the longest time, just in our society, right, men handled the money. There were all these old paradigms that we had that men are meant to take care of us, marry rich, you know, women stay home. And there's nothing wrong with that. I stay home with my son because I want to, right? But I also am building wealth. I'm also part of making the decisions when it comes to investing. My husband actually does, and he's like, go ahead and do that. Um, So I think that it's something something that I've seen evolve, but women definitely, I think, 
because we haven't been educated as much or we just haven't been the star players over you know decades and decades past and we're just now um, greatly becoming star players it's something that we I want to encourage women to continue building wealth because I think it's something that women shy away from and you shouldn't and especially I will say um, like stay-at-home parents and I think part of that because is because of the fact of when you stay home you're not bringing in the money so now you know, you have this guilt of like how to make decisions with the money and because it's not, it doesn't feel like your money all the time. And I'll tell you, I've had that um, internal feeling and my husband has never made me feel that way. Never. But it's just an internal feeling you have if you're not a primary breadwinner that you have to start working through. So I think women need to start working through those pieces of shadow work, I guess you would say, or those pieces of their limiting beliefs, their mindset, and uh, start becoming educated, especially on investing. So investing in the stock market, I think, is one of the easiest ways to build wealth um, because it's so accessible, right? It's so, it's available. There's so many ways you can do it. And the, um, the entry level, it's entry level, the, um, the fee to play is very minimum, right? Like you just, you don't have to pay any fees. You can just open a free account and you can start picking your company. So I think that is one thing that I would really like to see a lot more women do is to start building wealth in that way and start learning and educating themselves about it. If someone's listening like if, and they want to start investing or yeah. if they want to take your advice, what is the advice that you would give them as far as where to start? What resources are out there? How should they get started with that? Yeah. So I think investing first off, it comes across as more complicated because of everything that in our environment, like with the media, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you see, and you've seen it where, um, where it's like, oh, the stock markets are, the market is going down, the economy's crashing. And it's like, that's not quite how it works, right? There, We have this where bonds go up, stocks go down, stocks go up, bonds go down. You know, there's all different ways to hedge yourself. So at first thing I would tell somebody to do is to not give in to this idea that investing is too hard for you to do or that you have to have a ton of money. You can invest with as little as $5. And as far as how to do that and the first steps to do, first, it would come back to your whys. So my strategy with investing that I coach everyone, um, all of my clients on is to start with why you want to invest. And that's going to help you determine what you invest in. So if you're just starting out with investing, figure out, do you want to invest because you want to plan for retirement? Do you want dividends, which is a way for if you invest in the stock and they declare a dividend, it means that they're going to pay you a percentage of money back for every stock you own. Um, so is it because you want to have a dividend stock versus just a savings account because dividends are much higher? Um, or do you want to invest because you want to look at um, tech companies, right? You want to get in on the small startup companies and help support them. I'm really big on like the tech companies and the really small cap companies. I, I do. I love a good penny stock. They're very volatile. I'm not saying they're for everyone, but that's just one strategy I have. I don't have all my money in there. But the first thing you're going to want to do is get clear on that strategy because that's going to help you figure out what you want, what company you want to invest in. Um, if you're not sure what strategy to start with, I would definitely say start with the long-term game that you, you know, pick a solid company that you're familiar with that like, you know, there's like Disney, McDonald's, start researching those big solid companies and uh, looking at putting $5 in just to see how it feels. Cause the market's going to go up and going to go down. I think I invested in, 
what was it, T-Mobile or AT&T. That's what it was, excuse me. I invested in AT&T. And you think AT&T has been around for a while, right? I ended up losing like 5% in a month. I was like, crap. But guess what I did? For me, because I'm so used to, okay, how can I shift this to better serve me? How can I shift my mindset? I just bought more. I was like, it's on sale. That's how I'm going to look at it. It's a solid company. I know they're probably not going bankrupt. I'm just going to buy more. So if you're just starting out, start small. Purchase in a company that you're comfortable with, that you know what they're investing in, and then don't look at it every day. Don't worry about when it goes red. It's going to happen. That, that's how the stock market works, but it's going to help you. It's so important to invest just because it's going to help you start to see how it feels, right? It's going to help you start to manage those emotions as the stock goes up and down. And it, as you do that, you're going to create your own intuition and skill, and you're going to create more knowledge because you're going to start researching other companies. You're going to start looking at other numbers. And it's just going to build from there and you're going to become more savvy and build even more wealth. And do you recommend working with like a coach or an advisor or a professional? So I would, so, okay. So this is probably going to be unpopular opinion. Um, as a former financial advisor, if you are starting out, we're investing $5. I don't recommend, I don't recommend hiring a professional financial advisor. And the reason being is because they are going to, their job is to help advise you and kind of invest your money for you. Right. So you pay them a fee to do that. But if you're just starting out with like $5, you can absolutely join a free groups. You can um, get a lot of free information or you can work you can work with someone one-on-one -on -one if you want to. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, I just don't think unless you have a very high net worth that you're investing all at once that, you know, investing with a professional financial advisor makes sense right away. And they'll probably tell you the same because if someone came to me and said, I want to invest $5, I'd be like, yeah, like do it. But like, I don't want to take 50% or I mean, it's not 50%, but whatever. Like, I don't want to take a percent of your $5, right? Like when you get to like the thousand or 2000 and you want to start handing it off, absolutely. Then you can start paying me to do it because you have more money to manage. And the more money you have to manage, the more you want the professionals to start doing it. Um, so I would say definitely join free groups, follow free um, Instagram areas or Instagram areas, I'm sorry, Instagram accounts um, where they can give you a lot of different tips and tricks, but investing um on your own is not hard at all. Like they have Robinhood, they have so many different platforms. So if you're where, like how much of a net worth should you try to get a professional involved with? I think it's what you're comfortable with. So like my threshold, there's no, I guess would say right or wrong thresholds and other financial advisors may disagree with me because they may have their own kind of threshold, right? For me personally, because I'm, um, because I have experience doing it, I'll probably manage our money until it's no longer worth my time. So my threshold may be a bit higher. If you get to a point where you're starting to feel overwhelmed um, in managing it, that and you're you know in those couple thousands of dollars, then I would say maybe start to reach out to someone. But here's the thing: when you start trading, unless you're doing like active day trading, I mean you're usually buying the investment or the stock or the mutual fund, and you're holding it for a long period of time. So there shouldn't be too much managing that really needs to be done, essentially, right? So because you're gonna buy the stock, hold it. Um, usually you want to hold it for at least a year for tax purposes and before you sell it or before you trade it off and do something else with it. So normally it's going to be, you buy it, you hold it, and then you invest more money and you buy a new stock with that new money. 
That's great advice. And I'll um, definitely include some of those links in the show notes from you and, and grab some more if there's any other yeah. tips or resources. Um, and then um, in the, we have just a few more minutes. Did you want to touch a little bit on intuitive spending still and, and kind of what that is and how you work with clients with that? Yeah, absolutely. So intuitive spending is a process that I've come up with that's an alternative to budgeting. So I am um, I am an ADHD person. I am a very big picture person and uh, budgeting to the point of like zero based budgeting. I think it's great and it works for a lot of people. But for me, I had so many challenges. I would be so great for, you know, a month or two and then I would fall off and just I just couldn't keep track of it. It was just so, so much and so tedious to me. Um, so what I've done is I've actually created a process that has helped me become a, what I call an intuitive spender. And uh, what that means is that I can go to, because I've done this process, I can go to Target or I can go to the grocery store and I can purchase things without having a calculator, without having a list, because I'm able to now do it intuitively, which as, as, in essence means that I'm able to make those snap decisions and those um should I buy this extra thing or should I put it back? I'm able to make that very quickly and I don't feel regret or shame or deprived if I decide to put something back, right? Because I've been able to practice this, make good spending habits. And so the process is basically where you, again, you first, you want to figure out what your financial goals, because it's an entire process. So you want to figure out, go back to what are those whys? Why do you want to create a millionaire mindset? Why do you want to budget? Why do you want to get control of your finances? What are your financial goals that you're going to be working towards? What is that financial future that you want to build? And then from there, um, I have my clients do what I call an expense audit, because a lot of times if you're trying to get a hold of your finances, you have no idea where your money is going. Uh, we've all been there. We ignore it. And we're like, Ooh, just head in the sand. I don't want to know. And this part, can be a little bit painful. Like you're going to be like, huh, how much did I spend on subscriptions last month? And how many of those subscriptions do I actually use? Um, and so there's going to be a lot of feelings that come up, but what you need to do is you need to go ahead and take a look at the last 30 days of spending and uh, create a category, no miscellaneous. You need to create a category for everything and then figure out how much you spent on everything. Now, what happens here is you're going to get very clear on, am I spending the way that aligns with what I'm saying I value and my financial goals or no? And then from there, you can figure out, okay, are there categories or things that I want to cut out of my life or I want to cut out of spending or subscriptions I need to cancel? And hey, I just found some money, right? Because we just flat out don't use them. Ours was going to be Netflix. And then my husband discovered Cobra Kai. And I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> now we're on the hook for Netflix. We're like, yep, whoever knows how long. And so- <laughs> What you do from there, though, the part that where the magic really happens is I'm going to have you create create a budget now. And I, you can call it a lifestyle design. I think budget has a lot of baggage with it because people associate budget with so many different things um, like deprivation and just complicated or hard or cookie cutter. So you can call it a lifestyle design, a spending plan, whatever you want to call it. But you're going to get out another piece of paper and you're going to write in all the categories from your expense audit that you want to keep. And then you're going to put in the dollar amounts and that's going to be your budget. So the reason this helps you now, so you'll have that, so you'll have a budget for a couple of months, but it's going to be easier to follow because it's following your personal spending habits and your personal lifestyle. So eventually you're going to just be doing that without having to actually track it and nickel and dime it so much. And then it's something that you can just come back to and an exercise that you can do um, every quarter just to make sure, okay, are my spending habits, are they getting off track? Are they still on track for what's going on in my life? What I value and that and it could change. And then you'll, you know, you'll shift how you spend your money. But this way, again, it's so you don't feel deprived. You're able to budget for your lifestyle 
what you, how you spend, what you want to buy, and you can do it without having to keep a spreadsheet. If you're a spreadsheet person, awesome. I'm not a spreadsheet. I, I can be, but like when it comes to that, like I don't want to be in a spreadsheet every day if I don't have to be. I love that. And you really touched on so many important points because I think that, you know, when, when we hear the word budget, a lot of times we're like, we feel guilty or we feel stressed or we don't, or that kind of feeling of wanting to put your head in the sand, which a lot of us I know can feel sometimes when it comes around money. And there's so much around um, relationships and money and, and your values with your partner and money. And so I could see that kind of going through this process together. While it could be scary, could really help bring um, bring things together instead of having those feelings of like, why did you spend that? <laughs> exactly. I know. And one thing if I can touch on it really quick, when you talk about like spending with your partner, one thing me and my husband have done is we've set separate budgets. And the reason we've done that is because it's a way for us to also not nickel and dime each other or question each other's spending. Cause we look at money differently. I'm much more of a spender and like dreamer with my money. And he is much more of a practical saver and investor with his money. And so we will, so if that's to avoid arguments, that's what we do is we'll, he'll say, okay, this is how much I'm spending this month. This is how much, you know, then I'm spending this month. And no matter what I spent it on, as long as I come in on budget, it's okay. We're, you know, we're both on track. So that's another way you can approach it with your spouse. I love that. That's so helpful to know. And I, um, I will take that advice. (laughs) Uh, Before we sign off, Um, I always ask every guest, what is your legacy? What's the legacy you're building? The legacy I am building is I really want people to start speaking a new language when it comes to money. I want them to start looking at the art of money um, as much as the science piece of it. So I think there's a lot that we're missing out on. Um, and a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves because we focus so much on that number and our worth with that number and all of that. So the legacy I want to leave is to help people speak a new language when it comes to money. I love that. And what is the best way that people can find you and get in connection with you? Yeah. So I am on Instagram at the Finn Savvy Mom. And then I also have a Facebook group. It is free called Financially Savvy Moms. So in that group, I do do weekly trainings where I talk about both money and your mindset with it. And then I actually actually am also doing um, monthly workshops where we are actually going to talk about our money mindset and the universal laws. So if you want to get into the more woo and the more art side of money and creating a millionaire mindset, absolutely join. I am super excited. The first workshop is going to be here um, in January and I'm going to be doing them, um, like I said, every month until we go through every universal law. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Annette. It was so great to chat with you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Hey mama. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, lawmother.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes and links you heard in today's episode. You'll also be able to get access to my free legal tool for you to name legal guardians for your children to protect them and have that peace of mind. It's all right there at lawmother.com.